welcome back to Black or Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the finale of Vikings. I know Mimi is so happy that we are finally here. Season 2, Episode 10, The Lord's Prayer. Written by Michael Hurst. Directed by Ken Garati. This was a 10 out of 10. I was so looking forward to Mimi and Shy. I cannot wait to get to the feedback on this one. Because they did not see it coming. I was like, oh my gosh. All of the hints, the signs. They were all there going back. But certainly the first time around, I wasn't aware. I was like, fuck, Floki. You're going to betray us like this? Why? Just because you hating on his friendship with, with the other one? But nope. Floki would never betray Ragnar. They talked about Siggy. Lagatha saying how she is always loyal. There were so many little Easter eggs dropped around. His son wanting to be involved in things. Everything that went down was just gloriously handled. I love that Ragnar, this is what I am uh, blaming. What's this other character that was in House of the Dragons. I'm not blaming, but I'm just saying this is the original. Didn't say a fucking word the whole entire episode, except for the Lord's Prayer uh, <laughs> to for to ask forgiveness for what he is about to do. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. You hear? Ragnar proved how long he has been putting his pieces in place, going against the king, planning on deposing this madman who could not see what was clearly in front of him but yeah he did also a good job of playing him into believing the fantasy that he wanted to believe believe that he was as powerful as he wanted to believe and it begins with him coming into town with his wife and children sitting at or standing in Ragnar's hall but also announcing Ragnar's successes as his own. Before we do jump into the recap, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, all of those good things. And if you want to send feedback for this show, because we are going to be moving to the third season or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. Let's start with Floki, actually. I think that's where we began because Floki is asleep on the dock. His wife, Helga, comes into town with their new daughter. And she said, yeah, I had to come find you because you didn't come find us. While he is humble and happy at first to see his daughter, he quickly becomes creepy by calling her or naming her. I can't even pronounce it. I'm not going to try, but it's a horrible name. And Helga agrees because it is the daughter of evil but he's like she was a great giantess that's not exactly the plan i had for my daughter in the future he tells her she can't stay in Cadigate and that she needs to leave because of course he knows it's dangerous for her and his child they can be used against him 
That's why he didn't seek her out. But also, why you passed out just on the dock? <laughs> Once the king and his uh, children and wife arrive, Gunhild immediately clocks Lagatha saying, oh, I've heard so many great things about you being a great shield maiden. And she says, oh, please, there's legends about how you killed a Savorn Forkbeard. I think they have a, yeah, I think this is more accurate than the other show because I'm pretty sure that's a character. Um, Forkbeard is uh, Canute's father, right? I could be mistaken, but they also are very off with their history accuracy. <laughs> I think I would trust more in this show than I would in the timeline of Vikings Valhalla. She's like, yeah, you killed him when he invaded your land. She's like, how did you become an earl in your own right? She says, I killed my husband when he invaded me. Lagatha was freaking gorgeous too. I mean, just looking stunning. Uh... Then there's a feast. Well, first, you got Floki looking like, why are you not talking to me, Horik? I'm standing here lingering like I want you to talk to me. <laughs> Have you not forgotten? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if I could trust you. And he leaves him to go around the room during the party to talk about Torsten, who got two women. He's like, I don't give a fuck if they want to love me. They want to fuck me. <laughs> That's that's all I need in my life. <laughs> but uh, Siggy also comes over. And it's like, so what's your plans now that you're in town? He's like, my wife is here and my kids in here. That's all you need to know. You son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn so, fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Horg is so terrible. He doesn't even know how to butter what he is supposed to have at, as his, you know, turncoats. I'm like, you need to treat your tongue turncoats better if you really think that they are not just going to betray you. <laughs> but King Horik finds Floki drunk. Did you see the one girl drunk over there? Uh, Aslog. Aslog. Uh, when she threw water on or wine on one of the the dancers i was like you clearly are not being loved <laughs> so i took away he also got up in athelstan's face like why did you come back priest nobody wants you here why do you keep saying that when everybody clearly wants you here except for you <laughs> no one else has a problem with you and athelstan's like i i'm not even gonna jump into this conversation i'm also horribly drunk and walks away and that's when the king says i'm sorry floki you know forgive me i want to trust you but i need you to prove it so i need you to kill someone kill someone that matters oh hell no so when he's looking around i'm thinking oh he's gonna go for athelstan because that clearly matters to ragnar but you have to think about it it only matters to ragnar in his mind so that wouldn't be someone who mattered and I think that's why he also uh, picked Torsten, but uh, but Torsten was on the no. But I, I think genuinely, if he chose Athelstan, that would have been an easy choice and not one that would be considered mattered other than to 
other than to Ragnar. He approaches him the next day and he says, have you chosen after he watches the king? Well, one, he watches Ragnar to see what he's up to. And Ragnar looks like he's just drunk. He's happy-go-lucky. Uh, he's not paying too much of attention. And I think he genuinely was because he put his actions in the hands of the people that he trusts to do his will to speak for him. Notice that Bjorn spoke up a lot more for Ragnar. Like even when Torsten was found, he said, my good friend has been murdered. Why is Bjorn saying that instead of Ragnar? Ragnar just walks away. So he is using everyone else as his mouthpiece. It's brilliant. But going back to the party, he, uh, oh yeah, because that's when he tells him on the dock and it's, uh, well, that's later on. I'm thinking what else happened at the party. I think that's pretty much it. But the next day, Ragnar and the king and Ingstad, Earl Ingstad, but Lagatha all meet. Uh, Hora continues to continue this, uh, <laughs> Uh, that was a double redundant sentence, but he he wants to still settle a score with King Ekber saying, well, despite Ragnar trusting him, I do not. Okay. Once again, it is Bjorn speaking for Ragnar who says that, hey, some other people want to be farmers. Some can go ahead and be warriors for Mercia. I'm sure they'll be compensated. And Lagatha says, well, while I don't disagree or completely agree, I do think that if other people want to explore other places and other lands, they should be permitted to do so. And if they want to trust King Hork, they also should be permitted to do so. Like we got what we wanted out of the deal. There's really no, why do we need to test as Erland, Erlandir? I think it's the son's name stated you tested it and you lost you got your ass handed to you what part of that equation of you are not ready don't you understand like i am we're clearly at a disadvantage here to push a military expedition you know we got to come at it if it's necessary and right now it's not even necessary because we accomplished the goal in which we wanted to accomplish which was land um after this, Bjorn goes searching for Torun. She's free and now she has choices. Cause she, that was weird when she said, I loved you when I was a slave. Cause you treated me not like a slave. But now that I'm not a slave, I have choices. <laughs> and then his dumb response is, there's other women here. She's like, that's your first mistake. Then she wanted them to fight to see them as, I don't know. That whole relationship is uh, a little underwhelming to me. <laughs> But it's supposed to be child romance and thus we all know that those are, they have a tendency not to make a whole bunch of sense. Freaky. I can learn a lot from you. Gotta come teach me. There was a game of toss the coin in the bucket. I love that that is what they do in their pastime. But it's those little details, like I said. That Michael Hurstbrings that I feel is missing from Vikings Valhalla on what the culture is actually like. So they feast, they get the fuck, they get really the fucked up. 
And then they they toss some coins. So you see everybody had them little head rags. <laughs> Athelstan had one. And so they rang up they both was toasted last night. Uh, um, those little details too are great. And um, yeah, they, they uh, Athelstan is going to toss his coin and fucking Floki uh, catches it. Everybody's like, what the fuck, man? It's not fair. But you at that point, you didn't know who he was going to kill. And then at the banquet, you have, well, one, he got some mushrooms. We didn't know who he was going to get those mushrooms. Well, he knew that he was given the task of killing Bjorn. Um, but that was after Torsten's death. I know I'm not absolutely sequential right now, but... He gets some mushrooms. He visits Rolo. He's like, Rolo, remember when you tried to kill me? (laughs) He gives him some mushrooms. And despite him gasping for breath and looking like he's about to die, this is to help him heal because Floki is clearly not holding any grudges. I like what Siggy said to him because he'd be throwing major pity parties. But on the other hand, in this particular case, I get it. Like you got fucked all the way up. (laughs) You're half crippled. That's why it was such a big deal to have a handicapped child. Their life is not easy. He's like, I might as well fucking die. And she's like, look, you might still be worth something. I can't say what it is, but you still may have a future. And if you want to desire it, you can go after it. But you're going to have to fucking work. And you're going to have to pick up your axe. And that's exactly what he does when it's time. Because he still can offer something to his uh, to his brother, to himself, to his, uh, to his own desires, dreams, and ambitions. Then we have the banquet where Floki gives... Another set of mushrooms to Ube. Ube is told that he is to tell absolutely no one where he got these mushrooms. Otherwise, he's going to be forced to be chained in a cage with a poisonous snake dripping venom down on him. And that shit's going to go on for all of eternity. And that definitely made me think of Carol (laughs) in The Walking Dead. When she told that kid and it fucked him up for life. (laughs) At the worst possible moment in his life, he got, you know, taken out just like Carol told him. It's fucked up messing with kids psyche like that. But he needed that kid to keep a fucking secret. And that kid kept that fucking secret. (laughs) He went over, gave Ube the mushrooms. And the next thing we know, not Ube, Torsten the mushrooms. Torsten is dead. Floki putting on an Oscar-worthy performance. Whoever did this, we're going to hunt them down. We're going to flay them alive. We're going to tear the skin from their bodies. I promise you this, my friend. And they hu- he hugs Bjorn. <laughs> the performance was Oscar-worthy. Because <laughs> I was laughing. Oh, when I watched it the second time. First time, I was like, you bastard! <laughs> That's when... Uh, they meet back on the dock and Horik says, well, let me tell you all the plans. I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. 
I'm going to kill the kids. I'm going to kill <laughs> Earl instead. <laughs> I'm killing everyone. Every There could be not one that she'll survive and you are going to kill Bjorn. So that's why we was all nervous the whole entire time because uh, Floki was chasing Bjorn who was chasing Torn, and they both decided to lose their virginities together in a grassy a grassy knoll while Floki watches on. <laughs> so silly. Uh, like, yeah, let my kid basically get his love story on while he, I mean, because clearly he was involved in things, but I think he may or may not have been aware or aware of, you know, the the danger to himself. Maybe he was just like, let him be innocent. <laughs> Because he didn't tell him everything about his plan. You could tell by how uh, he reacted to them kids being slain. Uh, then we get the moment where he goes up to Siggy. And Siggy's like, oh, I thought you needed to be with your wife. And he's like, look, I need you to kill Ragnar's children. <laughs> And her response is, well, what do I get out of this? Not, oh, that's horrible. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. I'll make you my queen. I have one wife, but I could take another. And he gives her the knife because that seems to be what she really wants. And she has a very happy smug face. But we know in the end, these smug faces are them happy that Horik has taken the bait. He has revealed his true intentions so that him killing the king is uh was just self-defense that motherfucker was coming for me and my whole family my kids he was coming for my kids i had to take him down and he tells his son king horik the exact well he shows him the king's sword and he says one day this might be yours nope and now we have to do a crazy thing we have to annihilate ragnar and destroy the magic that's around him <laughs> that ain't magic that's brain power and so i mean it felt as if king horik thought he was in full control here which is really odd considering kattegat is his home base like this should have been went down in your home territory but he's arrogant and he continues to be arrogant and that's why he could not fathom that ragnar had been watching and waiting and planning this for a very long time, waiting for him to strike so that he could strike uh, back at him. So uh, he has reinforcements show up to attack Kattegat, but before that night scene happens, there is the one, the one line delivery we have from Ragnar this episode, which is him and... Athelstan in this beautiful setting with waterfalls in the forest and he tells him I've been seeing you pray to your god and he says can you teach me so that I can learn and while he does not initially take to the kneeling or repeat all of the words he does say most of them this is a reinforcement of the connection between these two the bond between these two because despite what he has put in action 
what he's saying to Athelstan here is I do know that this is horrible and I do want to seek forgiveness for what I am about to do. And I see that you are struggling with that. Like, cause my gods are like, yeah, this is what we do. But there is a, a human component to this that Ragnar feels because this is this man's children. Uh, I mean, he had to pay, make a point and send a message, but he is still a, what he wants to believe is a good person. And so he seeks forgiveness from a forgiving God. And thus he asked to know the Lord's prayer. And Athelstan understands because he didn't want to say amen. <laughs> He's like, I love when they said it together. He's like, amen. Uh-huh. That's how we, that's how we finish it. It's <laughs> how we make it stick. Uh, and then you see that moment come full circle when Athelstan is killing folks with his two fucking axes. Put your faith in the light. That yes, I am about to indulge in sin, but please forgive me, my Lord, for doing so. Uh, I love that. I love that component of it. You see others coming out, uh, killing folks. You saw Bjorn come out and <laughs> Bjorn's like, where you been, Floki? I've been looking after you like your father told me to. And that's when you knew. That's when you knew. It's about to go down. Lagatha and all her gear, Asla couldn't do shit except look at Siggy to get her kids away. <laughs> and she did come out to uh, Lagatha as they both saw the storm. She's like, the gods are coming. She's like, I know. I got this. I've been had this. I've always had this. Uh, <laughs> she's just so much better. She really is. Um... Then this is when uh, she goes and fights Gunhild. And this is a pretty decent battle. I really like this battle between the two women because I think it was evenly matched. And we don't see that as often. But Lagatha, of course, is who she is, the queen. And she takes her out. Her children uh, have been ordered by Earl Ragnar to be murdered, the sons at least. Um... I don't know about the daughters. I feel like they're, I think the servants got away. The, the, the other children were all murdered, unfortunately. And while this is definitely a black mark on Ragnar, that's why he was also saying the Lord's prayer. I don't think he is unaware of how dark this actually did go. And, you know, he just said, Hey, Lagatha, you gotta, you know, <laughs> I don't think she doesn't not understand, but, of course, she's going to feel as a mother and naturally so that, oh, man, the children, they're innocent. But it it's just like that. I, I mean, if you let any of them live, it's the same thing, same mindset that King Horik was telling the son. If even one lives, they're going to rise up <laughs> and they're going to come back. And uh, that's going to be it's going to be fucking terrible for us. And uh, then we have. Horik and his men going to the Great Hall. It's like Earl Ragnar. Except it's not Earl Ragnar in that cloak. It's my baby Torsten. Oh shit! 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 
are very quickly slaughtered. Well, I got to even show the fuck back up because everybody wanted to be here to watch this shit. <laughs> well, everyone had a bone to pick because he said, "I'm all these people he planned to murder. Aslog shows up. Then you get Floki coming out and he's like, Floki, you betrayed the gods. No, I betrayed you. Fucking embarrassing! I was always faithful to the gods. And Ragnar, as Ragnar comes out, ain't saying one fucking word. And he says, if you have it in your heart, can you spare my son? That's the only thing. And he really did. He did not have to spare his son. He knows that's a probably a problem, which is why he annihilated the rest of them. However, he knows what it's like to lose your firstborn. And, and he can't. That's why she said that's his weakness is his children and he did use that one thing against him his children and he did try to connect with Erlendir a while ago he's the same age as Bjorn I believe so he ends up silently agreeing to that not needing to say one word and then he starts walking forward and everyone takes their shots he gets stabbed by Lagatha gets stabbed by Torsten Floki doesn't feel the need to do anything to him because in his mind he's like you know you could have been you could have been a friend (laughs) i don't even hate you you just fucked with the wrong person and that's ragnar i like athelstan was in the back to witness all of this shit go down too he was he was behind the screen but he was back there one of my best moments was when siggy came out (laughs) because He didn't even realize she fucked with him too. <laughs> like I took this bitch to bed. Okay. <laughs> she fucked my son. <laughs> and she casually handed over that knife. <laughs> like this is the knife that you were going to kill Ragnar's sons with. And he's going to use this knife to gut you. And that's exactly what he does. And I love the fact that they all just disappear behind the screens leave him alone so that he can take out all of his justifiable rage he has been having at this man all fucking season long from the moment he broke his fucking shit with earl uh y'all borg i think they could have fucking got along things didn't have to go the way if it wasn't for this man that made things that caused so much suffering for him and so he just took his head and started beating his face in with it. Then you get that very bloody transition of his face to him clean atop a rock with the king's sword. I mean, that's a poster shot right there. That's a poster shot. He's the king now. Not Earl Ragnar. Not the farmer Ragnar. We got King Ragnar. I love this. This whole entire episode, how everything came together, just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I can't wait to get to the feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. 
Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for the season two finale of Vikings. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm gonna full disclaimer here. I've been in this really weird headspace lately, um, where I'm just easily annoyed or aggravated. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Um, but I mean, I, I have some inkling. Some of it has to do with work. Um and other things personal life stuff but it's i mean it's just a combination of things going on and um i'm finding this the social media outside of talking to um you wonderful ladies i'm finding social media to be annoying <laughs> and then it seems like um everyone has a blue check thing which supposed to like you verified does that mean you're verified Anyway, I'm it's like just random people or <laughs> like I'm I've been avoiding social media a lot more of late because it's just just ridiculous stuff on there that keeps popping up. Um like I said, other than talking to you guys, that's the only good uh, and getting updates on my teams, um what's going on and stuff like that. Other than that, I'm just so over it <laughs> but anyway it, it's just stuff it, it, I don't want to get into it too much but and and again it's not me seeking out it's just me look again looking on there you know seeing what's going on with my teams and these other stupid stuff are popping up and it's just annoying um so I'm like is it even worth it uh anyway so I'm having that debate in my head but uh, as for this season finale this one was very interesting, very, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I liked the the penultimate episode a little bit more than this one. I don't know, maybe, be, I've been saying this a lot lately, but it just seemed so predictable. I mean, because, did, like, didn't we, like, do this already? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like nothing about this episode surprised me. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know if it's cause I've been watching a lot more TV, um, with you guys. Cause I didn't used to watch this much TV, um, in previous times. And now of late, I've been watching a lot more TV in the last couple of years. And it seems like I'm starting to see trends. I mean, I'm starting to sound like you a little bit, Christina. I mean, I could never... You just you 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 your your observation and analysis is on another level. So let's not uh, let's make that clear. I'm just saying in regards to like picking up on things, um, recognizing, and so I mean my memory still for the birds, but um, just like this one, like the Floki. I mean King Horik. He he just I just thought he was dumb. I just <laughs> I I mean. I just don't, it's just dumb. I mean, the whole time I'm like, this is not going to go well. He's dumb <laughs> because you're going to trust Floki. And I get that Torsten, you know, the whole, yeah, he's dead. And I mean, it just like, I don't know, that whole thing was just seems so fake because it was just not as devastating. And like, nobody was trying to find out what happened to him. Like, you know, it's like, what? Um, so, <clears throat> you know, especially when, you know, he, they just wake up and he's dead, I guess. And so there was not as much of an uproar about it. 
as you would think they would be. Someone that's so close to Ragnar. And then um, Floki, he's just so... <coughs> he's so extra. And so I guess they were playing on that as in regards to... Um, trying to do the bait and switch like yeah or misdirect us into thinking that Floki's gonna um betray Ragnar um but yeah because we saw him give Rolo the the mushroom and then I'm like why would you do that I mean and then he gives it to Torsten because I thought that Rolo at first like is he gonna kill because, you know, Rolo had betrayed them at one point and he still was in his feelings about it. But nothing came of that. And then, yeah, it's like, uh, I think if Rolo would have died, we would have heard before they went out, went to dinner. So that one was just, it was just really weird, this whole episode. And then Siggy and her, oh yeah, um, you got, you're going to be my second wife. It's like, <laughs> okay, I mean... They, I don't know. My thing with King Horik, when I say he's dumb, like, you know, I guess because, you know, you thought he killed Torsten, that you just thought, I, I just, it's like, I guess that's just that world. It's just a very brutal world. Um, you let greed, jealousy, envy um, get in the way of making good decisions and doing what's right. And um, it's about survivor of the fittest in that time age that age so um you know he's talking about the gods I, the gods didn't tell you shit and you just want this dude out the way because he's a threat to you and you are jealous of him and all of that stuff because you know we already went through this with euro maybe that's why i just feel like it's repetitive because we just went through this with euro now we got king hori trying his hand at it and failing and i mean lucky for him his death wasn't as brutal as Earl's, Earl's death was, but dang, because, oh my gosh, that was, I still, uh-uh, i like, ah, please don't even allude to that kind of a death again. Yuck. It was just too much. Too much. The Bjorn and Porin storyline, I thought that was just, I didn't care about it. I'm, I'm not going, it's like, what was the point of this? I, I mean... I guess they need to do something. I, I, I just, I'm not impressed. I'm not, it's like, it's there. Okay, let's move on. Um, What else? I mean, that was a big thing. It's just this lead up to this supposed betrayal of Queen Horik to Ragnar. And of course, Ragnar, per usual, um, turning the tables and, you know, outsmarting, outbesting the, the other person. So, you know, we got season one, you know, Ragnar becomes Earl. And then we got season two, end of season two, Ragnar becomes king. So he's just moving up in the world. And it's like, you know, this is quite a come up for this simple farm man um, with these grand ideas. And it's just like more, you know, he's becoming this myth, this legend. His legend is growing as he is growing and um evolving and becoming more and more ruthless and I I sometimes want to go back to season one episode one because it's like man he's changed so much so much has changed so much time has passed um I still miss um um him and Lagatha not gonna lie 
Uh, we see him evolving, wanting to learn. We see um, Ethelstan um, teaching him the Lord's Prayer. Um, he's evolving in that fashion as well. And I have a feeling that that's that part of his life um, is not going to go well with certain people like Floki and, Lo- and Rolo. Um, Because they're not a fan of um, Ethelstan, which to me, I mean, it's like after all he's been through and done with them and and all that stuff, I I just find that um, strange that they, I mean, I guess he'll always be an outsider. Some people, they just won't let you in. They won't, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you prove yourself, you're still going to be looked at as an outsider. Um, Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Floki in the beginning. I mean, what was that about with the his daughter? I was like, oh my gosh, they gave this man a daughter. Um, so I'm wondering, and he wanted to name her after his, Loki's mother, I think he said. Uh, some evil person. So he, Floki still got some, his screws, he has a few screws loose still, but... Um, he's passionate. He's loyal. Um, we saw that again, um, with uh, Ragnar. So, um, yeah. So I think that's all I have for this one. I, I mean, I really don't have that much more that I could think of went on that stood out to me. I'm very interested in see what season three is about now that he's king, and what that all looks like. And so, yeah. Um, the next trajectory of his life is about to be upon us so on that note until next time much love peace and black on magic queen of the couch shy that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode um the, i'll address the social media one thing last because <laughs> i keep telling y'all <laughs> y'all you keep saying that you don't go searching for it but you keep falling into it. And yet I keep escaping this trap. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I keep telling you before. <laughs> don't let yourself get distracted. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. I might as well just finish it now since I've already said what I was mostly going to say. You get the tra- Don't let, don't fall into it. I don't pay attention to shit on social media. Every once in a blue moon, I'll pop into something on a show that I'm watching. But even that, I don't even take it into account anymore. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. Something in the last two years just disillusioned me with the entire world <laughs> as a whole. And I don't look to social media to be a a verification of anything that's an intelligible conversation all the time. I just don't. I don't get distracted in the shit. Every once in a while, like the whole Henry Cavill thing, because that was like on another something else I was watching. And actually, I watch more YouTube then I do looking on social media because I only like looking at gifts. Everything else is just bullshit. I don't know. Like I get what you guys usually send me. That's why when you send me something, you're like, do you see that? I'm like, you're trying to pull me into your shit and you think I don't I don't see it, okay? <laughs> trying to pull me in and get me sucked up into, that's why I'll be all passing on those comments. I'm like, Mm-mm, you ain't gonna get me. You're not gonna get me. And uh, Mimi sends me things on Instagram where certain stories that are intriguing, don't get me wrong, if it's something I, I am interested in. I just don't have any dog in that fight. I just, I don't, I just, I just don't, I don't know, I put up a barrier and the world 
just doesn't more people annoy me when I'm driving than I do on social media because it's a construct, a construct that is not meant to be anything than an expressive platform for people of all ages and all IQs. And if you're going there for anything other than casual fucking whatever, then you're bound to be disappointed. You got, you got, you haven't, you haven't settled yet. You haven't accepted that fate. Once you do, it, it'll be like, it's like a button that just turns off. I know it's so much easier said than done. <laughs> but once it happens for you, once it happens, I ain't paying a fucking no attention to Elon Musk and checkbox. I don't give a shit. Uh, I barely even use that. Other than if it wasn't for my podcast, I probably would not in, in our little group, probably would not be, uh, even on social media, I don't even go on anything. I don't go to Snapchat. I don't even go scrolling through because that, that's the idea. I don't scroll. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. My attention span will not permit me to continue to scroll. See, I'll start playing. Uh, that's what it is. Find something else to do with your computer or do with your, your phone. That's what it is. Because th- there's uh, this new, um, mm, what's it called? Oh, I can't think of the name right now, but it is, um, it is something to do with how you, uh, interact with social media. I don't know. It's art. Anyway, just go to like, get a game. Like I crush a lot of candy and I play word with friends. (laughs) I have like 14 games going. So I never have time to go on social media because even if I get that indication of free time, I'm always feeling that something else. So maybe that'll help. I don't know. I think you secretly like it though. <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> Y'all be liking the new, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I don't think anything's wrong with that, you know, but it is a, it's a, it's a toxic cesspool. That's, that's definitely, I'm not saying it's all bad and just saying, shh, leap at your own risk. Now back to the show. I'm going to call a little bit bullshit, <laughs> at least based on your feedback. The last three episodes that I've been listening closely um, of this was all predictable. You knew this was coming. I'm like, you ain't said shit like that in any of the, the feedback in which you sent ma'am, that you knew that this was all going down like this. Like it looked like you was convinced Floki was into it. Maybe you felt it. Like I said, maybe you said it in your brain but it didn't communicate it in your feedback that you knew half of this was going down the way it was going down or the minute it started to go down you understood where it was inevitably going to lead and that's I suppose fair um but I would say up until about midpoint in the episode as far as the show itself setting up now this is an older show too though so sometimes what people, what you are thinking you're seeing is from something you've seen in another show that's similar to this show. And yet they, I wouldn't say mimic because there is no such thing, but it has similarities in that. I would say, I would reference it in my mind, kind of like everyone knew the man in black was the man in black beforehand, but the reveal was still impressive because of all of the things they set in place leading up to that. So I think the misdirect was worthy. I think that it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was predictable in the sense that it been set up for so long that it's logical that as a 
a viewer, you should be looking at Floki. And I think you guys have been looking at Floki like, yeah, he's not very trustworthy. Um, where does his loyalties lie? He is jealous of Athelstan in that relationship. He doesn't um, particularly like Rolo <laughs> uh, and that whole situation that happens. So there's, there is enough to, for anyone to be rationally thinking Floki that would portray Siggy the same thing where we set her up at the beginning of the season where she wants her position back and she's not sure that she's going to be able to look at Ragnar the same and then leading to her deciding. I think all of those things were playing out and it wasn't a sure thing on Ragnar's side. Not at all. Um, I think that he, Horik overestimated his own confidence, but once again, I know you stated it's like a culture thing and they're stupid. I, <laughs> those are your feelings and I respect them. But in my opinion, these are strategic moves based on how the, the chessboard is set. The same thing that the last Earl said, when your people start looking to someone else to lead, you have to address that rather you want to try to like how he was saying maybe we can by marriage proxy we can get our closest further together like he should have been playing the diplomatic however these are people that are more prone to the the more warrior like the more um like they take they don't plan out these insidious little plots like this. Ragnar is not the rule. He's the exception to the rule. So everyone else isn't, in my opinion, considered dumber or stupider. That's not a word. Uh, or less um, even politically savvy. Because as stated, I think you stated in early in the season that he is still the king. He still has people he can call on. He still has respect that is sent to him, it is only because Ragnar has been able to showcase that he is or has a better chance of leading the future. Does he even have a better chance of defeating Horik? And that's because of Horik's own mistakes. But mistakes can happen to anyone. And I don't think that, in my opinion, once again, that that is a equivalent of one's uh one's I don't want to keep saying smartness because that's not the word intelligence I think that Horik miscalculated because what was a diplomatic thing he did not have diplomatic like it wasn't for him that's not how he was raised that's not how he understood life that's not a skill that he could just easily change which would have helped and benefit him and made him a better threat to Ragnar or to counter Ragnar's popularity and his genius, not genius, but his forethought. And because he didn't acquire those skills and acquire the same type of he lost. But I, I don't know if I got necessarily the impression that he was... Not what his, like he got to be king somehow, some way that, that don't happen over, overnight. And I think he got there though, by the same tactics that he was using, this just 
when you come up against uh, a tactic that you're not used to and you don't learn it quick, unfortunately, you're going to find yourself behind. So that's how that's my personal take on King Horik. I think that he made a lot of very, uh, very tactical wrong moves thinking that he the outcome he would get is not the one that he predicted uh i also think that back to you when you said because i think there's a point to that and you're right in the sense that stories do all have i think there's only five ways in which stories can go and no matter how many tv shows movies stories that you read, they're all going to follow this very familiar pattern. And thus, I think the only thing that you can do is lay the the necessary groundwork and have the characters be in. Those are the changes that you could nuance to make your story different. And um, while certainly what Ragnar did wasn't the most uh, unique or or single-handed idea we've seen. For him, this was, like I said, this is a huge thing because it was such from the beginning, right? Such from that moment that Siggy came into the hall and he's talking about his brother. Uh, All of those conversations that you, you didn't see happen, um, even Athelstan being aware of everything and Aslog not needing the same. Like we didn't need to see any of those things. Like none of that happened. And I think that's also what played into it. It was, you were mainly focused on the one character that was most likely to betray, you know, that sim that seemed to be most likely to betray Ragnar. Uh, You know, he didn't invite Ragnar to his wedding, a very important day of his life. Yet he invited the king. I I, I thought it. I really like how they they set us up, the viewer, the entire season. That while you certain we were looking at Ragnar, like he must know something. There's nothing to say he accounted for everything. Um. Let me see. What is this? Oh, Floki. I think by now, I know you keep saying he has some screws loose. Actually, from what I ascertained from the the character interviews at this time from the actor is that he has a little bit of ADHD. Like he is very smart in the sense that this is a man that can build boats. He's a boat builder, a skill set that everyone does not have. So that tells you something about Floki that despite his uh, his devotion to the gods, which despite our conception of the gods or God in particular, when it comes to me, um, these are still tangible things to these people. Yes, you're correct that Horik certainly was not trying to get rid of Ragnar because the gods told him to do so. Uh, Just like they didn't lose because the gods told them to do so. There's the idea that man has far more to do in their destiny than the gods do. I think that's something 
uh, that we can definitely have a conversation later on about. But the the concept still of the gods being a real thing, everyone still believes it all the way down to Ragnar, so much so that he wants to beg forgiveness from another god. Because as I stated, that's the God that would offer such forgiveness. There is no forgiving God in Norse mythology. So just think about that for one second. Like you're in a culture where, and I think you did say that, that the culture does have a huge effect. Um, I just think sometimes the effect is used in whatever context it's needed to be utilized in, but there's that's just a realization that is coming on to some people. It's like being indoctrinated in something and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I mean, basically like any other person that used to be a person of faith. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, science (laughs) doesn't mean you don't have to have faith to believe in science. Just putting that out there. However, I think what I have been told my, that story that's not something I believe anymore. And there are others that still believe in my family about that same very thing. So you can have that. I wouldn't want to call those other people something less than because of their continued faith in that. I don't know where I got off on track. I, I think I got caught down because I really wouldn't just point out that Floki had ADHD. <laughs> I feel like I got caught somewhere. But yeah, he is... He is heavily devoted to the things that is around him. And uh, I think that he is someone that I think with Cork, that is like that genuine was connection was their connection over the gods and him being able to speak about that to someone. I'm sure was a lot for Floki. Floki is growing as a person too. I think everyone's growing as a person. Uh, Lagatha is growing as a person outside the shadow of Ragnar. I think Floki realizes that he might have agency outside of Ragnar. Ragnar all of a sudden had this person, this special skill. Now that special skill is important to other people. So he has, as Torin said this episode, choices. And I think that's what is going through his mind. He's just trying to process it through the only way in which he knows how, which is through the gods. Uh, And I think that's what he wants for his daughter, even though he said, you know, because evil, but it was also someone that was strong and someone who was not to be fucked with. So there is a a little bit of dichotomy going on in all of these characters as you see them develop more as the seasons go on. They're not, they're not, in my opinion, stagnant. They, they do come out. It, It did feel very much like you said, Well, he was the farmer. Now he's the Earl. Now he's the King. Yes, he's moving up in the world, but then so is everyone else he started off with. And those people are changing as well. And that's what I like to see that Floki, who was considered a joke so very long ago, was able to entrap this other person, uh, make them believe that they could be utilized as a tool uh, you know, it's something new for him. And, and I think that that's why you had that moment of him being so angry that he couldn't accomplish that. But the fact that he was able to, uh, that's a that's a huge step 
that makes him far more important to the story and to to what the legacy of Ragnar is building, as you said. One thing we did absolutely have the exact same thought on was I could care less about Tor <laughs> and Bjorn, mainly because I just don't care about a a romance of two children because it's just, I don't need it. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things that probably would attract a lot of people if you were reading a, a, a Harlequin romance in this time period. But otherwise, it certainly didn't leave an impression. Of course, I appreciate your thoughts as always. And with that... We are going to go into Mimi's feedback who watched this finale quite some time ago. So let's see how she felt. What up, Cena? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for uh, Vikings, the season finale of season two. Um, that's episode 10. Now, I'm really trying to not move on to season three before, like, you guys get caught up because I want to hear what everyone has to say and I have all these like theories that I want to talk about but um I'm like I said before like I'm just really intrigued and then I find myself ready to go to the next one I've been sending feedback so I don't forget um and that last time I checked I believe we're on episode you guys are podcasting on episode four so I'm like really far ahead so i'm gonna try to put a pause on it so that you guys can catch up but i'm gonna need it to be catching up because i feel like we're not doing an episode every week i could be just speeding through life it's possible um but i think what i can do is i'm gonna send this now because if i try and wait until you guys catch up there's no way i'm gonna remember um, so I want to just send this now, and if I have anything to add, I can always just send something extra or just message you, Christina, offline, and you can talk about it when you get to the finale. But I really, really like this episode. Now, I will say, Floki had me fooled. I really thought he turned on Ragnar, which really didn't make sense to me, so I would like the whole time... I was just so like bitter about it like what the fuck like why is this happening what did Ragnar do to you like it seems like when um Athelstan got left behind and Ragnar thought he was dead that was your moment to be his friend again Floki so I will say he got me I thought for sure he was a lost cause and it didn't make sense to me but I was going with it but never once did I waver on my, my girl, Siggy. I was like, that's a really good offer, King Horik, but my girl ain't falling for it. So I was pretty excited to see that she stood up, or she she stood the test of time when it came to my allegiance. Because I was going to be real fucking mad if she betrayed Ragnar. Not like, I'm... I know in history, like, the hero is usually based off whoever wins. And I can't remember exactly what you said, but my opinion of the situation has nothing to do with, like, you know, because Ragnar is, like, the protagonist. If I'm 
upset about something or siding with something, it's solely based off what's going on. Because I'm sure there are going to be moments in this series where Ragnar isn't going to be my man and I'm going to be mad at him. Like, I mean, I know the gods wanted him to have more sons and clearly um, Aslog was going to be the mother of those kids. But I still sit firm in my belief that he lost Lagatha for good because she, I don't think she would ever backslide. She left him because she felt embarrassed and that was what she stuck to. And even though a relationship with her, <laughs> her second husband didn't work out for him, it worked out for her. Um, and yes, she has ambition, but I don't think her ambition would have ever shadowed her love for Ragnar. I think they would have, they, she would have wanted them to rise together. But he made a choice, and it cost him her, and I'm still mad about it because Lagatha is constantly proving that she's a boss bitch. Now, Aslog, she annoys me, but it seems as though she does seem to to love Ragnar, even though, I mean, he loves her too, but I don't necessarily know if it's in the same capacity that he loves Lagatha. I don't know if he'll ever not love Lex, but it sounds like he will always love her. But, you know, she annoys me, but she's a little pampered princess. So her little whiny pouts and her tantrums are going to be something that's going to, I think, going to exist forever because that's just how she, <laughs> that's how she was raised, like, in comfort. So anything that's less than that isn't going to be good for her, and she's not going to enjoy herself, and she's going to be a little whiny about it. I've just come to terms with that. But she did uh, save her son, even though Ragnar doesn't think he deserves Liz, and he guess he thinks he's going to die anyway. Um, we'll see, I suppose. Um, but I forgot what I was talking about. doesn't matter. Um, uh, what else? Uh, this episode was centered around... King Horik and his uh, belief that Ragnar needed to be taken down because he was going to be to the detriment of him, King Horik and his family. When I saw King Horik's wife and all the gang of kids that they had, all those girls and then the young boys, I'm like, well, shit, why did he bring them there to Kattegat? It seemed they were like, oh, let's celebrate. Yeah, I didn't buy that. And then when I remember hearing a conversation with Lagatha and King Horik's wife about her defeating somebody or the other, I was like, okay, she's a warrior. All right. Well, this is getting interesting. Is this turning out to be what I think it's going to be? And sure enough, King Horik had Floki pretend, or Floki, he pretended to like be like, oh, no, I can't trust you. You got to prove to me you can be trusted. You got to kill someone that's important. And Floki made it seem like he was going to kill Rolo, which I thought was kind of like, you're going to kill a man who can't defend himself? I was like, Floki, I, I was thought better of you than to be a pussy. Um, and then he ended up killing Ronan? Why do I think his name is Ronan? I know that's not it. Or at least he pretended to kill him. Um, and he, he, Floki ended up just betraying him. 
and King Horror was like, oh, you betrayed the gods. It's like, why, why do you, like, is it because you're a king? I guess that makes sense, because they say that royalty was chosen by the Lord, you know, whatever your deity is, so I guess it would make sense that he would think that Floki picking Ragnar over him would be betraying the gods. But, nope. Like, that shit was really intense. But when he goes, I just have, like, one favor. Can you spare my son? It's like, I... I know we didn't see Ragnar kill him, but I, I get the feeling that Ragnar will spare him. Even though it didn't seem like King Horg was going to spare any of your children. He literally was going to kill the little babies. And he was going to have Floki kill um, Bjorn Ironside. And then Siggy was going to kill the babies. And then everybody was like Aslog and Everybody was just going to die. And that was what's going to happen because that's what King Horde wanted. So it's like, why do you think you have the right to ask for some type of uh, favor or or sympathy, empathy for your son? Like, I get it. Your son was literally just following your orders. Um, he looked very skeptical. He looked almost as if he didn't want to do it. But, you know, if you got to go between you, first of all, not only is this your father um and your father is he seems to be a really good dad so it's not like his dad is you know making him hate him which would be easier to disobey him but your father is also the king so even if you don't want to listen to your dad you have to listen to your king so i get that but for the same reason King Hork wanted all of Ragnar's kids dead i felt like Ragnar should kill all of his kids and it looked like if I'm if I'm reading the scene correctly, it looked like Ragnar gave orders to the one guy after Lagatha, you know, fucking murk the queen, um, Horik's wife, King Horik's wife. Um, he gave him orders to kill all the kids, or at least the boys. It is what it looked like, because. King Horik had a whole shit ton of fucking children. Like, God damn it. When was his wife not pregnant? Like, she must have been going into battle pregnant because them kids looked like they were 17 all the way to fucking, like, 5, 4. Like, your kids, she's been pregnant for fucking 20 years. There's no way. Um, all those goddamn kids. But then, like, when Bjorn came in, like, the, the little smaller kids were all dead and then, like, there were the older ones that looked like the, like the daughters that were, like, you know, like, crying over their bodies. And Bjorn was like, go. Now, I know there's this stereotype, and I, it might not even be a stereotype. It might be, like, legit because of the times that you got to kill all the sons because they're otherwise they're going to seek revenge. But I don't know if y'all seen Kill Bill, but girls can seek revenge, too. I'm not saying that that's gonna, it's what's gonna happen, but Bjorn acts like he's not living in a time where his mama is a boss bitch fucking murking folks. Revenge is a, is a hell of a motivator to make some girl become a shield maiden. Look at the Game of Thrones <laughs> with, um, what is, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Oh my, she's my favorite. 
Okay, it's gonna bother me. Oh my god, tweaked. I don't know what my brain just paused for a second. I couldn't get it, but Arya Stark. She is a prime example of what fucking patience, time, and and wanting fucking revenge can can do to a motherfucker. It's a hell of a motivator. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that that's what's gonna happen, but I just find it hard to believe that Ragnar wanted all the sons killed, but not the daughters. Like the sons were, per- some of them were li- really little. Um, so if we can kill a little kid, even though it's a boy, why can't we kill an older daughter? I mean, I don't know. Do they are girls the only ones that keep as slaves? I feel like that's not true. So I'm not sure. I guess we'll figure out um, what's happening in season three when the season starts. But I know Bjorn let him go, and he does seem to be like soft-hearted because um, even when he said what the like the girl that he that he was in love with, he was like, you know, I there's other girls, and she was like, that's the wrong thing to say, and he went after her because he realized like, oh shit, I didn't mean to say that, I didn't want to say that, I want her. Like he seems like a very sweet and caring guy which I like because he's such a tough warrior I don't think that's a very common trait but he does you know I mean I guess he is Ragnar's son Ragnar was pretty um loving to his wife um seems like the only reason he even wanted to marry Aslog is because you know they had a he had a baby with them with her so I mean I guess it it's you know it runs in the family I guess we'll see um what's the other thing uh I I guess when I saw Bjorn pick up that sword I guess I thought that that sword had chosen him um but then at the end scene it was Ragnar that was holding it not gonna lie it was a boss ass fucking scene Ragnar looked dope as shit sitting on that mountain with the wind blowing on that rock holding the sword um looking like the shit not gonna lie but i thought bjorn had earned like that sword had found him for a reason but i guess only time will tell um and i guess my other question is is uh ragnar king now is that how it works i would assume if you just like if you slay an or an earl you become one earl no it's earl you become one I would assume it's the same thing for King. Um, I don't know, um, but I know in times of war, if you destroy a nation, that's your nation now. And his king went to war with him and lost. So it's like either you, you know, side with Ragnar and you pledge your loyalty to him, or you can get you can get God as well. So I am interested, very interested to see what bring what this next season brings what's gonna happen with my man Rolo because I was really starting to like him um it seems as though like he did get trampled by a fucking horse um and one of his legs isn't working at its best um but he was you know Siggy put that fucking sword that axe by him was like you know like why do you care if I walk again and she was like you know I don't know maybe it'll be useful again and just I am um, sitting there in the outs because she was sleeping with King Horik. I guess we will find out. It's funny though that he mad about it. <laughs> I like I, 
I don't pretend to understand the rules. It seems as though Rolo was is allowed to sleep around. She can't. I thought maybe since she was no longer in her childbearing years, it was acceptable. But he didn't like leave her. He's just mad. So maybe it is allowed. I don't know. Um, she seems to want to stick by him, and I really want Rolo to to be better because he was doing so well. He was really truly seeming like a better person so hopefully he doesn't backslide um even though it seems as though he's not really a fan of appleston right now so i guess that could be something that could make him you know resent ragnar for but i guess you know time will tell with that um my wish for this new season is a time jump where i get my the son i've been looking for because the motherfucker's fine. Um, and I really, I'm hoping that, you know, I know Bjorn is has a significant age gap between his brothers, but I really hope that they stay close and, you know, they all train together and they're all, like, they don't fight each other because I, I want them to be close and I want them to all raise together. I want them to fight with each other. I want them to conquer together. I want them to all really, really be close sons of Ragnar and not fight each other. I don't want that. Um, but like I said before, I guess time will tell. Um, and then I guess my last statement is I'm assuming, like I said previously, um, Ragnar will be king. And if that's the case, what will that mean for Lagatha? <laughs> You know, will she still feel like her and Ragnar equal? Will Ragnar not want to be king? I don't know. I know he has ambition, um, but he also has a, I'm assuming, some type of end goal. So, I don't know. But I, I'm definitely curious on what's uh, next to come. So... I will end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. I wonder, because you binged it, if you didn't, if maybe that had some bearing on uh, seeing it coming, so to speak. That's an interesting uh, perspective I didn't think about. But uh, I'm glad you liked the episode. I'm glad you... uh, Soft Loki didn't betray Ragnar. Uh, I, th- I think I'm starting to correlate what you're saying with what Shia is saying. Like, basically, it didn't make a lot of sense that Floki would betray Ragnar. I don't know. I think maybe because I always saw him as such a, a linchpin. And, and I see, and I could also, I have to throw it out there. I am seeing it through a biased pair of eyes. So this is not my first run through. But I do remember what I felt at my first run through. I was I was very surprised by everything that went down. So um, I think I may have been paying attention more to characters and thus I could see more of the unpredictability in Floki. Um, but yeah, I also was just caught up in the story. So maybe I wasn't looking for the, the turn as much. Um, but, uh, yeah, with what you're saying, that makes a, a little bit more sense of why it's like, uh, 
could he possibly betray Ragnar? It doesn't really fit. But I thought there were some points out there that did. Um, I almost had to stretch my neck. My back is like killing me lately. I think that Aslog is a good prop. You know, you know how some men, they just, and I've been saying it for a long time, how women are a status symbol sometimes. They're not so much as, is this the most compatible match? Am I really, this is the love of my life? But does it give me the status symbol I want? Sons, status symbol. Her being a princess, status symbol. That doesn't translate to love. So I think what he loves about her is what she brings to him and being the mother of his children. He's, of course, sexually attracted to her. And as long as those things are all in accordance, he doesn't have beef. But he's not going to have the same depth of relationship he has with Lagatha because they actually have a commonality, both coming from the same place. But you're absolutely right. Lagatha's not one to backslide. <laughs> I think she made her decision. She is comfortable with that decision of which he made and that she still loves Ragnar because his future is her son's future they have a, an investment so it's just like any other you know divorced couple well at least not nowadays they their their futures are very much still connected through the lineage that they still share which is through Bjorn if Bjorn went around I think it'd be a different scenario but they do have that child um and you know she's still going to be there emotionally for that child who is going on to his next phase which is his relationship with his father i think that that is the one thing court king Hort did do that was a smart play because as stated the smart play would have been to kill him I mean, he knew that was the smart play for the exact same reasons. Don't want to repeat myself that Hork stated, but all of that was fair. But he, one thing he did at the end was get one over on, on Ragnar as he used his, his love of children against him. And he did something that was against, because staring at one thing to order one of your men to kill a kid. It's another thing to watch or have this man watch his child being murdered. I think there is something to that. That's something you just don't want to see. Even if you murdered him first and then murdered her afterwards. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was, that was definitely a mistake. <laughs> uh, a mishap on Ragnar's part, but for very, very understandable reasons. But we shall see where that leads him in the future. With Torin, she is a free woman, or not Torin, Siggy. She's a free woman, so she can sleep with whomever she wants. She's not married to Rolo. They, she's decided that she wanted to tie her. Well, he did her a favor by when she was about to be free. Because women, and I think, I can't, I think he, you're right. He did kill all of the sons and not the women. And it's not to say that women can't grow up too. But once again, the exception versus the rule. Lagatha is the exception. She's not the rule. That's why everyone looks up to her so much because she actually, and there's not to say we've seen Viking women, right? That go into war, but we are still living in a patriarchal society. As many rights and extra rights that these women still have, 
they are still nowhere near being equals. Uh, right now, Lagatha isn't equal because she demands it and Ragnar accepts it. But at any point in time, if he doesn't, you know, uh, he turns his word back on her, if ever, God forbid, that should ever happen, no man's going to be running to Lagatha's aid. <laughs> it's just, it sucks. So I get what you're saying. That those women, those girls could be just as much as a problem, but most likely the most that they would be able to do is marry into a family and then convince that family to go against war on Ragnar. And right now, Ragnar's pretty much like epic. So <laughs> you're you're asking quite a lot uh from those from those women to be successful. Uh, going forward into actually strategizing. He can't say nothing's impossible. Nothing's ever impossible. But the odds are certainly far lower in their favor than um, than if the sons were to survive. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think that Siggy has the autonomy to do whatever she wants. Rad Rolo's just jealous, but he hasn't made an honest woman of her. So what, why should she feel the need to, if anything, I feel Siggy is, is far better than Rolo. And she continues to see something in him that is more, and she's waiting for that band to step the fuck up. But while she's waiting for that, she's not you know, she's built her own connection. She has a connection to Aslog. She has a connection to Lagatha. Like even with Lagatha, as much as she loves her at first, when she asked about Aslog kids, she didn't spill the beans. So I think that Siggy's just a real ass person. And I think that she has found a connection with these children, with Ragnar, with his family despite her in the beginning having those feelings because she is and should be in a dichotomy of feeling like this is the man that killed my husband. But, you know, that was business and he has done nothing but treat me with kindness since then has nothing done, nothing abhorrent to me. And his brother has taken care of me and taken me in. Uh, and I think she does think, okay, as stated, I think going back to that statement that, Bjorn said, we're all the kings or we're all the sons or you two, especially are the sons of Odin. And thus great things are expected of you. And look at exactly what has happened in this family, the association. So of course, Siki would, I think she genuinely loves Rolo though. I think she loved Rolo because she was into him even when she was married to her husband. You know, she warned him like, oh no, my husband's going to hurt you. So I think she's always had a soft spot for Rolo. She has that love for him um yeah and i think rollo's just throwing a pity party and we're all waiting we're just waiting for rollo he's growing he's just that's what i mean everyone grows in salt so, in, in some small way for the better and they might grow a little bit for the worse because i would never thought two seasons ago that ragnar would ever kill a kid wouldn't that's not a man who kills kids that's a man who even goes into another country and sees a child and hides it away and yet you see him doing what he feels needs me done uh just too bad he couldn't follow all the way through 
And that is where I'm going to leave my commentary because I feel like I've talked a lot. I'm sure there's going to be so much more to say after uh, in getting going into season three. You're probably right that it has not been one episode a week, but I feel like it has. So I'm not going to even say you're wrong because I can't really say that I'm right. <laughs> but we will uh, now that because going into January, that's that's why I'm going to be cutting uh finishing up quite a few shows because I am going to start the pace up on some of these uh, episodes, particularly of the older shows, just so we can make room more on the roster uh, for other things that are starting to pile up in my Netflix and other queues. So if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.